I just discovered a new word today, and I'm going to share it with you. It's an aptronym, A-P-T-R-O-N-Y-M, an aptronym. It's a name that matches the occupation or character of its owner, otherwise known as a nominative determinism. Why do I know that? Because my next guest is the director at Fairbridge's Wortham Becker Attorneys, and her name is Sherry Bress Law. Kids, you know, I didn't. You learn something new every day, Sherry. Did you know what an aptronym was? I certainly didn't, John. Good evening. Now I'm learning something too. Aptronym. Sherry Bray's <laughs> Law. It's, it's, me- it's meant to be that you became a lawyer. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Legal Monday it is. Curatorship is the term we're going to use. Let's start at the beginning. What is it? What is curatorship? All right. So curatorship is basically where you appoint someone to manage the affairs of someone who's incapable of managing their affairs. And when we say affairs, we're talking about either financial affairs Mm -hmm. or their own personal affairs. Um, So, for example, if I need an operation and I'm not capable of making the decision as to whether I need that operation, um, I would need a curator ad personam to make those decisions for me, whereas if I needed someone to just make decisions in relation to, for example, my assets, I would need what we call a curator bonus to make those decisions for me. Is, I've heard of something called power of attorney. Is this the same thing? Power of attorney is something very different. Power of attorney is where I have the capacity to give the authority to someone else to make those decisions for me. Okay. So if I'm completely of sound mind, I can give someone a power of attorney and they can then go and do certain things on my behalf. The minute I become incapacitated, though, that power of attorney or that authority that I've given to someone else becomes basically null. And you can't actually rely on a power of attorney if someone becomes incapacitated and they're no longer able to to actually give you the authority that you need in order to do those things on their behalf. Okay, it's a it's a difficult discussion to have. This is what is this? People with mental illnesses, maybe intellectual ability, uh, physically yes, disabled, yes. or even old age, dementia. Yeah, it's it's all sorts of things. Uh, the most common is really with old with elderly people, mm. where they, for example, as you say, would have something like dementia. Um, but it does affect younger people. For example, I've got a client now who is, um, you know, she, she battles with um, with her intellectual capacity. And so she, too, is not able to make certain decisions on, on behalf of herself. Um, so, and, and for example, also if you have someone who has a stroke or someone who's in an accident mm. and can no longer make those decisions, it doesn't really relate to physical incapacity because it really speaks more to your intellectual capacity to make decisions. Okay, so uh, give, give me an example of, of a decision that would have to be made, just so we can understand that. Um, if, for example, I need to sell a property that's registered in my name, right. um, and I don't have the capacity to understand what I'm doing or to negotiate the terms, then I would need to appoint someone to manage that process for me. Okay. If you can't do it, who? how do you appoint a curator then? The appointment of a curator is basically a two-stage process that one has to do through the high court. Um, the first stage would be to appoint what we call a curator ad litem, and that is generally an advocate who then investigates the matter and makes a determination as to whether, in fact, you need mm. either a curator bonus or a curator per- ad personam or both. 
Um, so they would, for example, come and interview you. They would interview the doctors. They would interview the family members. And they would then make a recommendation to the court because it's quite a serious um, application, as you can imagine. You're taking away mm. someone's rights. So the court takes these things very seriously and they want to make sure that any decisions that they make are ultimately in the best interests of the patient. So usually it's a family member who would instruct someone to bring the application, someone with an interest in the matter. And then ultimately the curator bonus and curator at personam are usually two separate people. The one usually would be a family member if there is someone available. The other is sometimes an attorney, sometimes also a family member. Once one is under curatorship, is that forever? Not necessarily. If your circumstances improve, um, for example, if you were in an accident and then with time your circumstances Mm. improved, your mental capacity was regained, there's no reason why one couldn't then bring an application to have that curatorship lifted. Okay. In a coma, I imagine, could be a thing as well. You come out of the coma. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Good example. can Can I put something in a living will to say that I want a curatorship and who would do that? Um, you can, but you still need to bring an application to court. Okay. Um, you, you can't just appoint mm. someone in terms of a living will because you must remember that that will is where you basically voice an opinion, but it's not necessarily in your best interests. So okay. the court, as, you know, yeah. as, as, as sort of the, the upper, upper power needs to make sure that whoever is, for example, appointed is going to act in your best interests um, and is going to do what needs to be done. Okay, so I might I might very well have not had the mental capacity when I made that living will. That's Some, true. Or, or somebody's, just, somebody's just checking to see if I had mental capacity when I made the living will. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, when you say things like high court and master of the high court and all these things, all I see is dollar signs. How much does all of this cost? It's not cheap. Um, a curatorship application is, is, a, is a rather expensive process. It also depends on what is involved and how, how, how detailed you know, and complicated the matter is. But because it is a high court matter, you do require the services of an advocate um, on the instruction of an attorney. Mm. So you are looking in the thousands of rands. It's, it's not a cheap process. Okay, so this is, uh, you mentioned a house. Are there, are there different levels? Uh, uh, I, was, I was reading about the master of the court. There's uh, different incomes exceeding 24,000 rand and something 200,000 rand. What are the different, are there different levels for this or, or do some people not need it? No, no. I think, I think um, th- those levels relate to a different type of application mm-hmm. where it's, it doesn't actually relate to taking away your rights. A uh, curatorship application doesn't relate at all to the value of your estate. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think it's two different processes that we're talking about. Okay. So if I'm making five thousand bucks a month, but I have the the and I've I've got a house and I've got some children maybe that are that need to be sorted on, uh, a curatorship would still come in handy. Yes, absolutely. Okay, because yeah, you, know, you always think of these kind of things for really rich people that have got multiple houses and you, know, you got to work with assets and things. Yes, yeah. Now, unfortunately, when we talk about curatorships, irrespective of the value of your estate, mm. uh, one does still have to go the curatorship route. If you do want to appoint either a curator, as I said, a curator at personam or curator bonus. 
do you need a curator or can a family member do it? What's, um, the, dif- what's the difference? Well, the difference is that without an official appointment of a curator, a curator, the family member doesn't actually have the authority to make those decisions. So you can get into a bit of difficulty if, for example, you know, a family member has to go and sign a, a deed of sale with a power of attorney that they have from the person, but it comes to light after the event that the person um, was incapacitated and that mm. the power of attorney was actually no longer valid. So the family member doesn't, strictly speaking, have the authority to then you know, participate in those legal processes without an order of the court authorizing them to do so. Okay, yeah, you need that legal thing. Okay. Correct. Uh, and I, and Correct. I guess for that same reason, I do need somebody that knows, and, and you mentioned attorneys and, and, and all these other people, I, I do need them because it is a legal entity. I can't just go and, and go to Home Affairs and say, please, can I, uh, I'll be their curator. No, unfortunately not. Uh, the curatorships are only ordered through the High Court of whatever jurisdiction you live in. So, for example, if you're within the Western Cape, you would go to the Western Cape High Court. If you were in Joburg, you'd go to the Gauteng High Court. But you need the authority of the High Court. It's not just a document that you can go to, Mm. for example, as you say, Home Affairs and apply for. Is it a lengthy process? Um, It's it's not a quick process in the, in the sense that it's not going to take a week or two weeks or three weeks, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be an entirely lengthy process either. It also depends on the circumstances. So it would depend on how quickly um, the doctors could be interviewed. It would be, depend on how quickly, for example, the curator at Lighton could have access to the patient mm-hmm. to interview him or her. But it shouldn't take longer than about four to five months. Okay, so to me that's a lengthy process, but I guess in in law terms that's not. In too law, long. not such a lengthy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, you you wait for court dates. Too, yes, you know, that's also the difficulty that you have. Yeah, well, even I, if you even if you you know you want you ready to bring your application, you can't just sort of go out, go to court and yeah. appear where you are. Um, our court roles are quite backlogged at the moment too, so mm. you don't, do also have to wait for a court date to be allocated. Yeah, it seems like every day there's a new case being postponed, which means that something else can't happen on that day that has been postponed too. Exactly. Okay, it's all very confusing. Um, it, it, it sounds great, all right? I've got the money, I've got the time, I've got a family member that... That that investigation process is something I need to know a little yes. bit more about. I think yes. maybe if my family member might need to have curatorship. Is that something worth spending money on to have that tested or do you already know that from a doctor before you start the process? Well, you must remember that before you start the process, you have to draw up your application. Now, the legislation requires that you have at least two recent medical reports, one of which must be from a psychiatrist, confirming that there is at least a suspicion that the person is not capable of managing their own affairs. So there has to be at least two medical professionals that basically back your application and say, yes, in their professional opinion, this is a person who potentially requires a curator. Um, So that prevents you from just kind of bringing an application for the hell of it Mm. if, if, if there's no real solid foundation. But there is then also that further investigation where someone completely independent, as I said, who would be an advocate, would go and then 
you know, chat to the doctors, chat to family members, chat to the patient, because there's always the risk that a family member could try and bring an application like this for, you know, reasons that are not are not bona fide. And then, you know, you the, so the safety net is that you have someone independent who's yeah. investigating the matter and then making recommendations to the court based on what their findings are in the investigation. Uh, I think another point you raised there that I hadn't thought about is is you can't have a family member just put somebody under curatorship because they don't like them. There's so many steps, there's so many processes along the way yes. that it can't yes. happen. Yes, and it's a, as I said, it's a very serious sanction and a very f- serious infringement on someone's rights. Yeah. Um, and so the court takes it very seriously and it's not an an application which is granted on whim. There needs to be real solid foundation for it, well thought out, well well looked into. And you, you, you do want to avoid there being any sort of underhand, you know, things going on with family members, which mm, do unfortunately mm. happen from time to time. So it's not as easy as just saying, oh, I'm not keen on you and I want to get hold of your money <laughs> and I'm going to now apply to put you under curatorship. Fortunately, fortunately, you know, it's 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 not subject to abuse um, uh, and there are safety mechanisms in place. Besides going to your firm, which I'm sure is a lovely firm, are there are there cheaper ways to do this, or legal aid, or, uh, or or these 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 companies that you pay money for a lawyer every month? Can they help you with this? Um, my understanding of you know the legal insurance companies is that they will assist you until the litigation stage. So my understanding, and it is limited understanding, mm-hmm. is that if you pay, for example a company to provide you with legal advice, they will do so up to a certain point. I do not think that would include any courtroom work, but I'm not sure one would need to obviously, you know, make inquiries with the relevant institution and see. Um, I also don't, I'm not sure if legal aid would assist you in in a matter like this. Again, one would have to make inquiries with the legal aid board in order to determine, because there's certain matters that they will assist with and certain matters that they won't. Um, one can also always approach the court without an attorney um, if if one doesn't have them the funds for an attorney. Mm. Um, and the court will, to the extent that they can, assist you. But you will still need to have an advocate appointed sure. as a curator bonus. So you'd need to then try and find an advocate who would be willing to act um, without billing. Um, so yeah, there, there, there are you know there are certain ways that one could go about it, but it's it's not easy, um, and one would have to make the necessary inquiries just to see what is available out there. I've learned so much today, Sherry Boslaw. Thank you very much for explaining it to us and putting it in normal English language. It's such a pleasure. It was lovely to be with you. Sherry Breslaw is director at Fairbridge's Wertheim Becker Attorneys and uh, curatorship yeah not a not an easy conversation to be had with your family and uh, hopefully you don't need to have to have that